Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church. So glad you are here today. And how about we start off with some good news, right? I feel like the media is doing a great job with bad news. So maybe the church is a good place for some good news. So be ready, tell your face, be ready to be excited. I have some great news. Look, Sandals Church has been growing. God's been blessing us incredibly over the last five years. And for those of you who are ready to give up, the Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good for in due time, hold on to your miracle, in due time, you will get a miracle, listen to me, if you don't give up. And there were so many times in Sandals Church history where I was ready to give up, but we hung in there and God has been blessing. I got great news. Not only has God blessed us with all the campuses we have in Southern California, now in Fresno, we're gonna open up one in Northern California, in Santa Rosa, give it a hand. Yes. Come on now. All right. Now, for everybody who was clapping, in a couple weeks, I'm going to ask you to help me raise a half a million dollars. So just you're like, hey. Not a seven, not a seven. Okay. But for those of you who are like, oh man, half a million dollars, that's a lot of money. Listen to me. You can't even buy a condo in Northern California and Santa Rosa for half a million dollars. And we're gonna do an entire church to open up this vision of being real to Northern California, to people in the Bay Area who so desperately want to be set free from being fake and to find Jesus through this vision of being real. So don't forget, be praying for this. We're excited. We're looking forward to what God is gonna do. And I'm super excited. So if you're not excited, you're probably not a seven. So I'm gonna talk to the rest of you today and challenge you to not just look at the sevens and go, okay, that's kind of weird, but you know, not me, but to actually join in them with celebrating when it's something good. Because I think all of us react when it's something bad. Like none of us needs like help. I need you to be more depressed, more discouraged, more negative. Like nobody needs that. We do that on our own, but all of us struggle finding joy, especially in the culture today. And that's where the enthusiast comes in. And if you don't believe me, I'm gonna go over one of the funniest, sevenest, passages in the Bible. And some of you guys, when I preach something, are like, yeah, I can't believe he said that. Let me tell you something. On judgment day, when the Lord judges me, there's gonna be all these things while I was preaching that I didn't say, and you're gonna go, wow, you were just a picture of discipline, Pastor Matt. <laughs> can't believe that you held back all those times. So this is a passage in scripture where, to be honest, I'm surprised it made it. I'm surprised it made it in scripture, because some of you are gonna be like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But praise God for David, a seven of the sevens. So in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 14 through 22, we read, and David, wait for it, religious people, dance before the Lord. Right. Yeah, some of, you, some of you are like, okay now, okay. No, no, David is dancing, right? He's dancing, he's partying. And, and, and so many people, you know why they don't go to church? Do you know why? They've been. They've been, yeah, just like you're, mm, yeah, yeah, mm, praise the Lord. They've been to church, the most boring hour of the week. That's not David. David is dancing before the Lord. Oh, and you're like, well, this wasn't a religious service. Wearing a priestly garment. This is the Pope in a mosh pit, amen? Okay, I just lost all of our Catholics. Come back, come back. So David and all of the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy, not moans of depression. Okay, Gregorian chant music hadn't been invented yet. You ever listen to that? They're always depressed. <laughs> They're just sad all the time. Go to Samuel, be more like David. 
they brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. Amen, LA, they were Rams fans. <laughs> Just lost all the Raiders fans. All right. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, right? Every party has a pooper. That's why we invited her. Looked down from her window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Some of you are so depressed, it's not enough for you to be sad. You want the rest of us to be sad too. You're an evangelist of depression and negativity, and you just want to spread, spread your rainbow of gray, black, and blah. So they brought the ark of the Lord and they set it in place inside a special tent that David had prepared for. Man, they're excited, they're ready, they're ready to celebrate. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And when he had finished all of his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. And then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, woo, yes, and cakes of dates. You know, you had me at bread, dates, not a big fan. Some of you, you like date milkshakes, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. They've invented things called chocolate and strawberry and vanilla. Jeez, date milkshakes, Blah. sorry. Oh, and by the way, a cake of raisins. My wife loves raisins. I think raisins are depressed grapes. A cake of raisins, you know, so he was dancing. He had me there. He lost me at the, you know, the, the dates and then and the raisins and blah. Okay, but it was hard times back then. So that's what they had. Then all the people returned to their homes. And listen to this. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. And she said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today shamelessly, hold on, exposing himself. Apparently the priestly garb went flying. <laughs> shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. But David retorted to his wife. He says, I was dancing before the Lord. And if clothing flies off, it flies off. <laughs> That's not what he said. He said, but you're just jealous because they chose me above your father and his family. Ooh, that's gonna be rough in marriage counseling, amen? <laughs> he appointed me as the leader of Israel, as the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. You see what most of your problems is in worship is you're concerned with what everybody else thinks rather than with what God thinks. He says, yes, and I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. He said, but those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I'm distinguished because I worshiped God. Man, the enthusiast, man, thank God we have him in the church. We need him in the church, and here's why. Without him, we'd all be boring and bland and blame and sounding like monks from depressed, you know, Constantinople, right? <laughs> you know, no wonder nobody wants to go to church. You all just sound like you're in pain. The seven reflects God's joy. Now, some of you are new to Christianity and you didn't, you didn't even know God was happy. You just thought he was depressed and hated everything that was fun. Dude, in the book of, and I just said dude, in the book of Nehemiah, <laughs> sorry. In the book of Nehemiah, friends. <laughs> in the book of Nehemiah, 
chapter eight, verses nine through 10, it says, this day is holy to the Lord your God. So we should be sad and reverent and sulky-faced. Like whenever I'm preaching to you right now, I can't look over to my right because my executive pastor is sitting over there. And if I look over there, he just sucks all the joy right out of my body. Seriously, like I'm preaching my heart out and he's over there like. But some of you, that's what you look like right now. You just can't see your face. Right now there are wives going, look at your face, look at your face. Listen to this, this day is holy to the Lord your God. So to be, to be depressed, to be sad, be pathetic, kind of clap your hands. You know, that's how Sandals Church claps during worship, like we're at a golf match. Oh, that was good, good putt, Jesus. Way to put it in the hole, yeah, that's good. Listen to this, this is Nehemiah, this is Old Testament. This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Why is it that non-Christians are the only ones who know how to party at holidays? Holy people are like, yeah, it's another Christmas. We should all be sad and depressed. You know? I mean, some of you can't even say a thankful prayer on Thanksgiving. Okay, here we go. I don't even like turkey. Lord. (laughs) The Bible says, listen to me. Do not be sad. Do not weep. Do not mourn. Because all the people, listen, it says, it says they wept as they heard the words of the Lord. He said, no, 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 no. He said, go your way. Stop being depressed. Stop being sad. He says, eat the fat. Drink the sweet wine. All the Baptists, I just lost you. You're like, whoa, what happened? Drink the sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. Why are they drinking? Why are they eating the fat? Why are they celebrating? Listen to this. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. Listen to this verse and never forget it. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the seven. The joy of the Lord is their strength. Stop looking at them like something's wrong with them and say, Lord, why don't I have that? Why don't I have that joy? Why don't I have that excitement? Why don't I have that enthusiasm? Listen, sometimes we as Christians, we have a hard time having a good time, don't we? I mean, the worship music starts and you're like, yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need more, I need more. You know, Jesus rose from the dead, not impressed. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Sometimes as Christians, we have a hard time having a good time. I spoke at a conference last week. I just gotta be honest. Well, it it didn't go good. I know it's it's hard for you guys to believe because I'm so dynamic. (laughs) I know it's hard for you to believe. It it didn't go good. I just bombed. This is how bad I bombed. At one point, you know, I told a joke. The only person in the entire room that laughed was my wife and I could hear her in the corner. And I think she was kind of like, ha, 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 Save him, save him. Didn't help, nobody laughed. Nobody laughed. And it was one of my best jokes. But listen to what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes three, verses one through four. For everything there is a season 
Man, we've been in a season that's tough. We've been in a dark season. We've been in a challenging season. And some of you have gotten addicted to this season and you can't leave. Some of you just want to live in the cartoon Frozen forever. Because the cold never bothered you anyway. <laughs> Amen. It says, listen to me what the Bible says. There's a time for everything under heaven. There's a time to weep. And there's a time to laugh. And there's a time to mourn. And there's a time to dance. Did you know that Ecclesiastes was, not, was almost not accepted into our Bibles? It was one of the most controversial books. And here's why. We don't like to be challenged by God to have a good time. And some of you, you don't need to hear a word from the Holy Spirit. You need to hear from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> who in the first footloose, the only real footloose, <laughs> read from the Bible. And do you know what verses he read? To the sulky-faced, depressed, negative people who ran the town? He said, David danced. And he said, there's a time to dance. Some of you, listen to me, you need to cut loose. Foot loose. No, I'm serious, I'm serious. You've been working so hard. You've been punching your card. Eight hours for what? Oh, tell me what I got. I got this feeling that time's just been holding me down. I'm gonna hit the ceiling or I'm gonna tear up this town. <laughs> Listen to me. Today I gotta cut loose, foot loose. <laughs> Listen to me, Christians. It's time to kick off your Sunday shoes. <laughs> please, please, Louise. Pull me up off my knees. Jack, get back. Come on before we both crack. Lose your blues. Everybody cut foot loose. Kevin Bacon has spoken. Amen. Why is it that young people go to clubs to have a good time? They should come to the church to have the best time. Some of you guys, man, you're just so stuck in your rut. I just, we just should study the Bible. Yeah, and let's have a good time studying the Bible. Yeah. No. <laughs> I want everyone to be as depressed as I am. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we need to set aside times to rejoice, to have a good time. Why? Because God is good. The motivation of the seven is to pursue pleasure, but listen to me, and avoid pain. When healthy men, sevens, God bless you, I love you. Enthusiasts are able to bring and or find joy in all situations, in all situations. Man, if you have a, a lame job, a terrible job, get a job with a seven. It doesn't matter if you make burritos for a living. It doesn't matter if you have the worst job on earth. If you are surrounded by sevens, it's gonna be a good time. You don't know what's gonna happen. But if you're surrounded with Michael, David's wife, I don't care if you're a millionaire, you're sad and depressed. You're bummed out. 
You've got to learn, man, I've got to have some sevens in my life. And some of you, you just look at them when we're worshiping, like, what's wrong with that guy? This is joy and excitement. I mean, some of you are so depressed and sad, you go to Disneyland and judge people. What do these guys think they're having a good time? Yeah. Okay, why do we pay money to go have a good time? Because it's hard, it's difficult. And this last two years has been extraordinarily hard and extraordinarily difficult. And as Christians, we should be leading the charge to celebrate and to have a good time and to be blessed because God is good. Life is not always good, but God is always good. And sevens remind us of that. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, listen to this, and be glad in it. I mean, when's the last time you woke up and said that? It's because you're not a seven. Like, oh my gosh, you hit snooze 87 times. You need a seven in your life. Sevens are excited. They love seeing you. They're glad you're here. It doesn't matter what you do. Enthusiasts, listen, are visionary. They can see a future that's better. They move us forward. Some of you guys, you think their ideas are crazy, man. They're incredible, absolutely incredible. We've had extraordinary visionaries in our country. The Bible says this, where there's no vision, people perish. We gotta have a vision for the future. We gotta be able to see, man, God is gonna do something better. This day, as terrible as it is, will not last. Because the Lord's mercies are new every morning. That verse is in the most depressing book in the Bible, Lamentations. Somebody like, oh, I'm gonna read that book. <laughs> gotta, gotta recover from this message. Clearly, he had too much coffee today. Look, enthusiasts are, are visionaries. They're versatile. They can work wherever they want. If you're seven, it doesn't matter what you do. You're gonna do it with joy. You're like David, you're gonna dance, and if clothes fly off, so be it. <laughs> so be it. But we're, we're, we're called to allow them to be visionary, versatile, and how about this, resilient? They don't give up. I mean, the rest of us, man, we just walk around with no color. We're sad all the time, depressed all the time. And sevens are like that little cute troll in the movie Trolls, man. I'm not gonna let get, it's not gonna get me down. No matter if I get swallowed by a big bug, you know, no, it doesn't matter. All the old people are like, what? It's a kid's movie. It's a kid's movie. But they're resilient. And listen to this, this is why we need sevens. They help to inspire people in projects. They help us. You can do this, keep going. A Couple of years ago, I did my last Ironman triathlon and I finished my triathlon and a couple of people in the church, you know, they did it too, but I finished way before them because I'm a three. <laughs> but you know the best part of my day? The best part of my day wasn't finishing the triathlon, it was sticking around afterwards to cheer on my friends who were doing their first ones. And I had a couple of friends text me and say, I can't believe that you waited after your own race to cheer me on. I said, that was the best part of my day. The race is terrible. <laughs> Painful, awful. But cheering you on, man, saying you can do this. You are doing this. You're gonna do this. Man, was incredible. And that's why we need sevens. Because they help us, listen to me, they help us see more than we can see and they help us to become more than we thought we could be. As you might guess, seven's my second highest score. I know that shocks some of you. 
You're like, where does all this energy come from? God. <laughs> I hope my wife wrote that down. But they believe in us. They encourage us. One of my favorite jobs as your pastor is to see your potential and to cheer you on to it. And so many young people, I know you're, you're trying to find your way in this world that's changing so dramatically. And hey, old people, we gotta have grace for them because their world is a whole lot more messed up than ours was. Instead of running around, just pull your pants up like I did. <laughs> Look, we just need to praise God they're wearing pants, amen? That's just, <laughs> times are different. We need to come along and say, and say, look, man, I see something in you. I see something. I believe in you. And I'm praying for you. And here's what we need to pray for the younger generation, that they would see in themselves what God already knows to be true. That's the seven's role. And here's our prayer, that the next generation wouldn't just use their talents for themselves, but that they would use it for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Enthusiasts are engaging and fun, praise God. If you're a five and you have a party, call every seven you know. You don't even have to go to your own party. Just have them and just sit back and watch. Man, and you always know the seven, man, because if you're at a wedding and no one's dancing, the seven will just, just be out there by themselves, man. Right? They don't care. They don't care. They just go. And literally the DJ, the wedding's already over, the couple's already left, they're like, sir, uh, we're gonna unplug now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And they wanna know where the after party is, amen? But they're engaging in fun. And they desire to make the world, listen to me, a more joy-filled place. And that's what we need, more joy. Even TV now is so awful, so depressing. The news, tonight at 11, we're all gonna die, again. <laughs> we need enthusiasts. So here's what an enthusiast needs. Here's your core need. Here's what drives you, the need to be free. David's clothes fell off, didn't even notice. <laughs> Everybody else noticed, David was worshiping. Now I want you to worship, but keep your clothes on, amen? <laughs> this week, Tammy and I, we had a date night together. I mean, kinda, I don't know what it was, but we were at dinner together. <laughs> you know, it, it was just, it's just one of those days. Where, you ever had a day that just kinda ends with, duh, duh, and it's over. Like, it was just one of those days. And so we went to dinner and our waitress goes to Sandals Church and she comes up and she's all, she pulls her mask down because at, at a restaurant she has to wear a mask. She pulls her mask down and she goes, I'm a seven! <laughs> she knows it's coming! I'm a seven. And then she puts the mask back on and she goes, and this mask is killing me. <laughs> because sevens want to be free. COVID has put a cramp in their style. They've been bound up and they want to be let out. But she's so excited, right? This week's a seven. <laughs> the rest of us don't even know what numbers we're on and we're going in order. First Peter 2.16, listen to this, sevens, live as those who are free, and you are, but not as those who use their freedom as a pretext for evil. 
lot of Christians in the name of freedom are committing evil. Politically, emotionally, sexually, with drugs, partying all the time. Look, God hasn't set you free so you can become a slave to something else. He set you free so you could finally become who he's always known you to be. Don't use it as a pretext for evil. I'm just enjoying my freedom in Christ. No, you're sinning. Listen to this, but live as God's servants. Live as God's servants. Man, that's what the call is. Did you hear that translation? I love that translation. That translation is called the voice. Can I get an amen, Ariana Grande, amen? <laughs> right? So many of you, you tune in each and every night to the voice to check out when you need to turn to the voice to check in. Because God is calling you to something deeper. Because you know what I do when I watch the voice? Like, why can't I sing like that? I just get all bitter and depressed. Like, I feel, I feel somewhat talented until I watch the voice. And people like, like the worst singer on the voice, if I could sing like them once, I would sing this entire sermon. <laughs> and they're always like, oh, I was a little pitchy. It was a little pitchy. You know, your, your voice was, you know, kind of, I'm like, what? But that's how we feel sometimes, right? That's why we need to listen to God's voice because God's voice isn't going to call out your pitchiness. He's going to call out your calling. And here's the thing is, I was asking my wife this week, we were watching The Voice, and I said, how many followers does Ariana Grande have? If you wanna be depressed about yourself, look at the amount of followers you have, and then look at what Ariana Grande has. Yeah. And then I heard the voice of the Lord say, but I haven't called you to be her. Now, I cannot out-sing her, but I can out-preach her. <laughs> Come on. This humble message was brought to you by <laughs> your pastor, who is a sinner. Okay, let's move on. When unhealthy, that was a good transition, amen? Pleasure dicts, dictates their choices. See, here's the thing that we say into society, if it feels good, it is good. That is not true. And some of you, you are chasing what your eyes can see. And listen to me, guys. I just want you to know this. Guys, listen to me. Everything beautiful in the wild is poisonous. Nature's like, hello! The prettier the animal, usually the more deadly it is. And so many of us are running from relationship to relationship to relationship, missing out on the joy of sitting in the relationship, the marriage that God has us in. And let me say this. Your feelings are real, amen? But they're not always right. And so sometimes when we feel our feelings that are real, we have to ask ourselves, but are they right? The seven is gonna run to their feelings. What feels good? What looks good? What is fun? And they're gonna run away from the relationships that will ultimately make them good and create a fun that lasts forever. Listen to me, for those of you who are in a marriage right now and it's tough, just know you're not alone. We all got way too much quality time the last 18 months, amen? <laughs> Some of you are like, I just can't wait to be on the 91 freeway for an hour and a half again. <laughs> Need a little break. But here's the thing. This last year when Tammy and I celebrated 25 years of marriage, okay, they haven't all been good. But you know what was amazing? 
was reflecting back at those moments when we could have given in, and I think a lot of people would have, but somehow by the grace of God, we were able to work through it, and now we can look back at the pain, and it actually brings me joy. Because I don't just know and love her because of the good times, I have known her and loved her through the painful times. And so many of you guys, you, you, you check out right before the blessing. You get right up to the threshold of God's blessing and then you go, nope, that hurts too much. And God's like, you're so close. But what does a seven do when they become unhealthy? They escape pain at all costs, at all costs. I know many of you guys don't live in California that watch online, but for those of you who do, our state is overrun with a homeless crisis. It's not really a homeless crisis, it is the majority of a drug addiction crisis. People who made a deadly choice to choose to numb their pain rather than to deal with their pain. And now what's happened? They've become slaves to a substance that controls them. And we in California in particular need to recognize the consequences for constantly running from something that hurts. And some of you are so focused on what you're running from, you don't realize what you're running to. Next, they can become impulsive, reckless, and listen to this, behave irresponsibly. And the core sin of the seven is gluttony. When I was a kid, I grew up in a Baptist church and they always preached against alcohol. Almost every time the sin of alcoholism is mentioned in the Bible, it is in the same sentence as gluttony. But as Baptists, we, we didn't talk about that because we like to eat, amen. <laughs> Listen to Philippians 3, 18 and 19. For many, this is Paul sharing, whom I have often told you and now even tell you with tears. Do you, do you feel this emotion? Paul's writing this, he said, I'm telling you this with tears, that some people who claim to know Christ, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Why? Because God is their belly and their glory is their shame. And their minds are set on earthly things. Listen to me, sevens. You're always gonna have to reset your mind and set it on heavenly things and set it in the glory that God has set before you because our urges and our desires that the world says God wouldn't have given you if he didn't want you to act like them, every single one of us has to choose. Am I gonna act like the animal that I reflect or the angel that I'm called to be? God's calling us upward, not downward. He didn't save us to get us to act like dogs. He saved us so he could teach us to act like angels, to become like Jesus. So the fear of the seven is being de de deprived or trapped, FOMO, amen? FOMO, now I don't have this. You don't invite me to your party, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, not your party, but everyone else's party. <laughs> but some of you, man, you know, all Instagram is is didn't get invited to that, didn't get invited to that, missing out that, missing out that, missing out that. And that's the problem with the seven, is when they're unhealthy, listen to this, when they're unhealthy, they, they, they don't know what the problem is. That's the seven's problem. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Sevens, you're incredible people. You're a lot of fun, but sometimes you're absolutely clueless to yourself. And that's what's so sad. So many people, they have a hard time with this series called You. 
They say, well, why isn't it called God? Because God isn't the problem. You're the problem. God's not clueless. God wants you to ask this question. Why do I not see what everyone else knows screws up my life? And some of you are gonna waste your whole life saying, why God, when God is saying, why you? Why you? I don't know why God keeps putting these men in my life and God's like, I don't know why you keep picking from that field. <laughs> God wants to know why you? The problem with the seven is, listen to me, I love you. You don't know what the problem is. And so you lose friendships, you lose your finances, and some of you will lose your faith because you fail to deal with yourself. And I love David. David was a man after God's own heart. He's a terrible father. He couldn't see the problem for what it was. He ran from pain. He ran away from his family. He ran away from his kids. And his family legacy is a disaster because he ran to what felt good instead of running to feel God. That's what we're called to do. So how can the enthusiast be real with themselves? Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13 says this. I have learned how to be content. Sevens, you have to learn how to be content. Parents, the most beautiful thing you can learn, to, or the, the most beautiful thing you can teach your children to learn is the word no. Here's why so many young people are freaking out because they've never had to deal with no. So that's the secret of being content, learning to tell yourself no. That's not what most of us tell ourselves. I should, I should have this. I deserve this. And so then you buy what you can't afford and you wreck your life. He says, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. Listen to me, young people. Listen to me, poor people. Whoever you are, if you're struggling, that's actually a blessing. The worst thing that could ever happen to you is God gives you or somebody gives you something you did not earn. I just read this statistic this week. 80% of all American professional athletes declare bankruptcy five years after retirement. Five years. They make millions and millions of dollars and they're broke. They're broke. Do you know why? They haven't learned the secret of contentment. And some of you say, well, I can afford it. Just because you can afford it doesn't mean you need to have it. He said, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Here's the verse that's always misquoted. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. It has nothing to do with a marathon. It has to do with learning to be content. I can learn to be content no matter what circumstance because I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. Galatians 5, and 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. What? Love, joy, circle it ones, joy, sevens, and self-control. As you begin to dive in to the Enneagram more and understand yourself, ones and sevens, you need to realize how you work together, how you can learn the strengths of each other to become better people. Sevens can learn the strengths of the ones to become more disciplined, and rule-oriented, and ones you can learn to have a good time. Put it on your list of things you should do. 
Number three, smile. <laughs> How an enthusiast can be real with others. First Samuel 20, 17. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow. Why would Jonathan ask a seven to reaffirm his vow? Because <laughs> David probably forgot they had a vow. <laughs> to reaffirm his vow of friendship. For Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. The greatest relationship David would ever enjoy is his friendship with Jonathan because Jonathan was loyal to David no matter what. Sevens, you need to learn from Jonathan. You need to learn not to run to what's cool. You need to learn to stay with what's right. If I could go back and talk to young Matt Brown, that was the thing I was the most guilty of. I constantly ran to new shiny things. And I forgot the things that got me to where I was. I can't tell you how many friends I've seen and I just have to say, I'm, I'm so sorry that I was drawn to the new and the shiny and I forgot you. Thank you for being who I needed you to be when I needed you to be there. Sevens, don't miss out on the joy of keeping lifelong friendships. Psalm 1611. This is how you need to learn to be real with God. You will show me the way of life, granting me, listen to me, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Isn't that amazing? We all think pleasures in Vegas. The Bible says pleasures in heaven. God created pleasure. Vegas twists it. Twists it. And I don't mean the people of Vegas. I mean the culture of Vegas. They twist it. You see, Satan has never created anything in his life, but he twists everything in your life. That's what he does. That's what the word to pervert means. It means to twist from what it originally was and what it was meant to be. Think about sex. Sex was meant by God to be pleasurable and to create life. And look what it's done to humanity as we've twisted it. Now it brings death and depression and isolation and rejection because we've taken it out of the context in which God meant it to be shared. So how do you love an enthusiast? Man, give them lots of room to play, amen? We need some room, okay? So when we go to a party, my wife says, okay, you can be funny, but not too funny, okay? She's always concerned that things might go out of control but she's gotta give me some room, right? You know, I gotta get ready. <laughs> Recognize, listen to this, when they choose to deal with problems. I spent years and years as your pastor running from problems rather than facing them. And if you're a seven, listen to me, just because you face it doesn't mean it works out. I wish that were true. Many of the problems I've faced got worse, got worse. And so here's what the devil's gonna tell you. We'll just keep running from them. All, when you run from them, all you do is save it for another day. And they're bigger and worse and uglier. So encourage them when they face their problems because it's so hard. Next, share how much joy they bring to your life. Okay? Just, man, just enjoy it. And next, listen to me. Can we join in the fun? Instead of staring at the sevens during worship, just join in. Just join in, right? Remember Kevin Bacon. 
cut loose. Foot loose. What's the worst thing that could happen? You might have a good time. David, listen to me, danced before the Lord. And God was pleased. Michael, his wife, criticized David. And it wrecked their marriage. Join in the fun with them. Have a good time. And thank God that you are blessed with a seven in your life. Here's my prayer for you if you're an enthusiast. I wanna pray that God will help you, listen to me, to run, to run to him and not from your pain and not towards all pleasure. My prayer for you is that God would help you develop deep, listen to me, and lasting friendships with people who wanna have fun, but then can keep me grounded. One of the things that Tammy and I learned when we were in counseling was, without her, I'm a hot air balloon that just drifts away. And God's made her the string that can hope keep me from going nuts or where I shouldn't go. But as the balloon, I can help pull her along a little bit and she has a good time. <laughs> Amen? She didn't like it, but she's okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and then lastly, sevens, I'm gonna pray that the Holy Spirit would help you to have the tough conversations, listen to me, that real life requires and remind you, I just wanna remind you, be thankful for everything that God has done in your life. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I pray that everyone listening would know that real pleasure, pleasure that lasts, pleasure that's eternal, comes from you. You said in your word that pleasure is the right hand of God forever, and you have invited us to be with you forever. Holy Spirit, Please convict us right now to stop running from pain and to run to you, Jesus, who died painfully for us on the cross. Lord, it was because of your death that we can have life. God, help us never to run from pain, but help us to learn to run where you've called us to go. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.